Let's start with a word of prayer. Our kind and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new day. We thank you for this new opportunity to study another lesson from your word. We pray, dear Lord, that you will help us to open up our minds and hearts and allow the power of your word to affect our lives. Father, we pray that you will be with our, our nation right now uh, with the unrest that's going on. We pray that that people will have find and have justice. Uh, we pray that those who have harmed others will uh, be taken care of uh, in an appropriate fashion. Bless this lesson we're about to study in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Our text for this lesson is Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, to discern both good and evil. This particular passage covers topics important to the Christian, topics that begin uh, at the time that we obey the gospel. Uh, and we're, we're at a beginning at that point. There's a lot of growth in front of us. Uh, it addresses the issue of discerning good, being able to see the good. I can understand a person not recognize evil, but how does a person miss good? But there are many in the world that pretend that they don't see good. There are many in the world that don't choose to do what is good. The topic under discussion uh, in Hebrews chapter 5 was seeing that Jesus was like Melchizedek. This was something needful and good. It's something that we study uh, in, our, in our home uh, congregation. In the Bible class, we've studied it recently in the book of Hebrews. The, an audience at the, at the time the Hebrews was written could not see it because their sense had been dulled to, for the lack of use. Sort of like our senses get dulled as we age. These people weren't aging. They were spiritually uh, going stale because they weren't exercising their senses atrophy was setting in. A lack of growth spiritually will lead to blindness. In James uh, 1 verses 22 to 25, James teaches us very plainly that we must hear and do or we will forget. He says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in his deed. How do we get blessed in our deeds? By continuing in the perfect law of liberty. Uh, looking into the perfect law of liberty, and continuing uh, therein. We need to be hearers of the word, not... Uh, but not hearers only. We also need to be uh, practicing. We need to be doers of the word. Otherwise, 
were like an individual looking in the mirror and they walk away and they forgot what they they forgot what they looked like personally. Shouldn't be that way. People who are ever learning but never applying. This was the problem that was going on in the book of Hebrews. Second Timothy three, six and seven says, For uh, this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lust. Ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. The Bible is more than just a book to collect dust, but it's also more than just a book to quickly read to fulfill a, uh, a list that I'm supposed to read. Or some people open up the Bible randomly and drop their finger on a passage and start reading. You should study the Bible systematically so that you can grow in the graces that are in it. In 2 Peter 1, verses 5-11, through 11, we have a list of virtues. But besides this, giving all diligence, Peter's, Peter's going to teach us to start adding to our faith. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter says you, it's good. You have faith. You've obeyed the gospel. But you can't just sit there on your faith and nothing happen. Start adding things to your faith. You add virtue first. Add, add uh, the, the concept and the practice of the, the godly, the good way of living and add to virtue knowledge. The more you study, the more knowledge you will gain in the Word. And you need to have experiential knowledge, I'll call it. So as you gain it from the Word and you apply it into your life, you grow in that virtue. And you add to knowledge temperance. That means a, a control about yourself. Doing what you ought to do. Leaving undone what you ought not to do. Uh, you add patience to temperance. And then you add godliness to patience. And to godliness you add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness you add love. Verse 8. If these are in you and they're abounding, what happens? They make you that you'll not be barren or unfruitful. You'll be bearing fruit in Christ. You'll neither be barren or unfruitful specifically in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll know, and you'll bear fruit because of it. But the person lacking in these things is spiritually blind, can't see very far, uh, is forgetful. Forgot one very important thing, that he was purged from his old sins. So Peter says we need to give, our, uh, to, uh, give diligence to make our calling and election sure. Give diligence. Pay attention to it. Be on guard. Be working at it. If you do these things, you'll never fall. And then he talks about the abundant entrance. When they 
when a uh, military leader in the ancient world would go off to war and they would be victorious and they would come back with the spoils of war they would be given an entrance into the city an abundant entrance uh, a celebration in their honor we'll receive the abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ if you abound or we might say if you grow Peter says if you grow in these things you will not be unfruitful do these things and you will never stumble lack these things and you'll become short-sighted blind and forgetful you see it's a two-edged sword you do it and bring good things into your life or you don't do it which is disobedience and you bring bad things into your life it's sort of like uh, what Moses told the people of Israel uh, in the latter part of uh, the book of Deuteronomy he gave him a, uh, he gave them a list of the blessings of obedience versus the uh, consequences of disobedience you cannot recognize what you do not have or understand if you don't have it in your life or you don't understand it you cannot recognize it how can you see love if you don't have love in first john chapter 3 verse 16 through 19 john said hereby perceive we the love of god he said this is how we'll know the love of god because he laid down his life for us and it's not a period there it's a colon he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren but whoso hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him how dwelleth the love of God in him my little children let us not love in word neither in tongue but in deed and in truth hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him you can't just say peace I love you and walk away knowing that a person is in need knowing that a person is is going through a difficult time maybe you can help and may or maybe you can help him to find the help but uh, we need to be conscious and compassionate uh, of our brethren if we refuse to recognize the needs of others so that we are not actively uh, showing love then how can we claim to love God if you're not if you're only talking love but you're not exemplifying it how can you know God you can know about God and you know about love but you still don't comprehend what's going on until you start practicing what God said to practice it's about doing and not just saying when we do and don't just say then we know that we're of the truth well when we do and don't say or like 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 it says uh, uh, do as I say and not as I do well it shouldn't work that way because when we do by doing and not just saying we know that we're following the truth so when we do it we, we bring it to realization in first Corinthians chapter 13 the great chapter regarding love regarding agape love regarding seeking the highest good in others verses 4 through 7 gives a, a, a generally basic good uh, definition of what is love love suffers long and is kind 
Love envieth not, love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. These are characteristics of love. Paul says, long-suffering, kind, not, not full of envy, not haughty, not puffed up, doesn't behave in, uh, he says, an unseemly way. You know, that's, that's like a, a hypocritical way or a, a way that uh, uh, is exclusionary toward other people. Does not rejoice in iniquity. Doesn't celebrate about sin. But rejoices in truth. And in verse 7 is the heavyweight. Love will bear all things. Love will believe all things. Love will hope all things. And love will endure all things. Love will carry a lot of burden. Love will have faith in others the way the Lord did. As, as he came to these fishermen and these tax collectors calling them to follow him. He had faith in them. And he had a hope for the things that they would do. And then we, we learn to endure. When we learn to follow Christ, we learn what it means to endure. He endured the suffering and the pain of the cross. If we cannot love someone that we can see, how can we love God whom we have never seen? 1 John 4, 20 and 21. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. You want to say, God, I love you? Then you have to say to your fellow man, your, your, your brother, brother human, I love you. And definitely we need to be able to say to our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, I love you. Everyone's important in the eyes of God. That's why His Son died, so that all of mankind could have the opportunity for salvation. And so we need to learn to display the love of Christ to those around us so that we can better understand God's love toward us. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells the parable of the talents. And in verse 21, the man's Lord uh, said unto him, this would be the man that had uh, uh, the uh, ten talents, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Wouldn't that be a grand thing to hear on the day of judgment? Uh well done, good and faithful servant. We certainly don't want to hear the, the other statement. We, we don't want to hear him say, what have you done? Why did you waste your life? Why did you treat others the way that you did? Oh, why? Why? We need to learn to be faithful in small things, and then we grow into faithfulness in larger things. Our life is a life of stewardship. God has given us a life, our life, and we're stewards over it. We belong to Him by right of creation. And when you obey the gospel, you belong to Him by, by virtue of the new creation. 
by the redeem, redeeming power of the blood of Jesus, by the act of redemption, you belong to God. And so, once we assume that role as stewards for God, rather than saying, it's my life and I can do as I want to, we learn to think, this is a life that belongs to God. I belong to God. I, uh, I've been uh, bought by the blood of the Lamb. The price has been paid. I've been set free. And we have more freedom as servants of God than we would ever have as slaves of sin and Satan. In 1 Corinthians 13, 6, Paul says uh, that we should rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. That's how true love behaves. Uh, we don't rejoice in other people's sins. We rejoice in the truth. Whenever the truth wins out, we rejoice. Whenever the Word of God is advanced, we should rejoice because uh, Jesus said His Word is truth. In Titus chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, Paul wrote to Titus and said, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. And they profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and to every good work reprobates. To the pure, all things are pure. People who are pure aren't looking for, oh, what can I find on this? What dirt can I find on this person? Have, I, have you heard? Is there a good rumor? Is there a story I haven't heard? To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled, all things are defiled. There's some choices that have to be made, as usual. What is your outlook on life? Do you tend to see the good in others? Or do you tend to see the, the wrong, the evil, the bad things in their lives? The Jews would not see the truth because they refused to see the truth. This is a, like a refusal or a fear of understanding. And Isaiah talks about that. Chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but, not under, but understand not. And ye see indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat. Make their ears heavy and shut their eyes. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. And Jesus quotes from this prophecy during his lifetime about how they were hearing, listening but not hearing. and They were looking but not seeing. Their hearts were not right. They didn't want to understand. They didn't want the truth because it conflicted with what they believed. This is why Jesus could see a miracle. Jesus could do a miracle, and the Jews could see that miracle, but still would not believe. In the 12th chapter of the book of John, verses 37 to 41, we're told, but though he had done uh, so many miracles before them, yet they believed him not. They were eyewitnesses. They stood there and watched. They saw him. Uh, healing sick people, giving people the ability to hear and to see and to talk, casting out demons, and they still did not accept it. They didn't believe. But this was so that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? 
Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He that blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Isaiah saw the glory of God, and Isaiah prophesied about the lack of glory in the people of Israel because of their attitude toward God's plans. The, the truth is revealed when Jesus used parables. In Mark chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them that are without, all these things are done in parables. This seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. People keep themselves at a distance from the Bible because they don't want to hear it. This attitude is why the Jews were confused by Paul. In Acts 28, beginning with verse 25, When they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. This is when he met with the church when he first got to Rome. And he said, Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. Seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you, Be it, therefore unto, uh, be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent to the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. They weren't happy to hear that announcement. They had a lot to contend with one another over to try to determine what they wanted to do about what Paul had told them. They became blind men like blind, the blind leading the blind. Matthew fifteen fourteen. Jesus said, Let them alone, they be leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they fall both into the ditch. They refuse to hear, John eight forty three. He said, Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You don't understand what I'm saying because you're not listening to what I'm saying. Jesus knew. He knew their secret. They were wise in their own sight. Romans eleven twenty five. Paul said for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness, in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. They were, by, they were blind spiritually because they chose to be blind spiritually. Only the fool prefers darkness. Ecclesiastes 2.14 The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. One event happens, but one group reacts in one way and another group reacts in another way. Satan tries to blind people from seeing the light. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul said, But if our gospel be hid, 
It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Many stumble in the light because of their sins. Isaiah 59, beginning with verse 9, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday, as in the night, and we uh, are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none for salvation, but is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our, our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth far off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. It's amazing how current and up-to-date that particular passage sounds anymore in the world that we're living in. Judgment is turned away backward. Justice standeth far off. Truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. The one who hates is blind because of sin. 1 John chapter 2, verses 9-11 through 11. John said, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Do you ever walk outside on a real dark night without a light, or walk into a very dark room or basement area? You almost feel like you're blind. Darkness has blinded your eyes. So what have we become? When we neglect the Word of God in our lives, what have we become? Have we allowed Satan to blind us from seeing the good in others? Are we unable to distinguish good from evil? If you have never seen good things such as love, then most likely it's because you refuse to recognize where it is. If you've never seen good things like love, it's because you turn away the one who is love. 1 John 4, 16, God is love, and he that dwelleth in God, love dwelleth in God, and God in him. You want to find love in your life, you want to find the, the, the true meaning of love, you turn your life and follow Jesus Christ, be obedient to his gospel. If you've heard this lesson and you uh, believe in Christ, and you want to repent of your sins, and confess him as your Lord and Savior, be buried with him in baptism. Your old sins will be forgiven and forgotten and washed away. You'll be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You'll be raised to a new life. And then you'll live faithful unto death. And at the end of your life, God will give you a crown of life and a great entrance into heaven. If you're a believer and you, you've already made that commitment, but you haven't lived up to your calling, you need to repent and pray and recommit your life. 
We're here to assist you, whatever your need is this morning. If you need are in need of, of help, you can contact us by phone or by email. Bow with me for prayer. Father, as we conclude this lesson, bless it to our hearts, bless it into our minds. Help us to open our eyes that, that we can see. You've given us the power to open our eyes. Your word gives us the power to open our eyes. And now we pray that you will indeed open, help us to open our eyes and help us to be faithful in seeing what you offer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.